people of hope, know this. You are saved by grace. Even though you were dead in sin, Jesus died on the cross and he went through the hell that you deserved so that you could experience the joys of heaven. And know this, that the incomparable riches of heaven that are coming to you have always been in full view for you. And know this, that God has crafted you to be his work of art in the world. Know this. Keep it always in view in your life. Because it's on this that this church in Tigard will be built. It is by grace we have been saved. Amen. For our second Sunday here in this sermon series that we're calling Built Together, we get to dig into one of my favorite texts here in the Bible from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Let's dig into it here together. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is God's word. The text that we have for today is a very famous text. As far as I'm concerned, this might be the best text in the Bible for explaining salvation by grace. It's the best text in the Bible for explaining Christianity and explaining how Christianity differs from every other world religion. Every other religion relies on the idea of human achievement and merit for obtaining some kind of salvation. It's all about what you must do and what you must achieve in order to be considered good enough for an eternal life. Not Christianity. It is by grace 
you have been saved. It's all God's work. It's all what God has done. It is by grace you have been saved. This is a very famous text, and it's also a very simple text. You can divide it up like this. I'm going to give away the whole sermon right away for you guys, and then I'm going to spend the rest of the sermon making it more complicated. The first thing that Paul tells us is what we have been saved from. Our sin. Next, Paul tells us by whom we have been saved. By Jesus. Finally, Paul shows us for what we have been saved. To be God's work of art. I love this about this text, that it is so profound and so simple at the same time. It's simple enough that a three or four year old can clearly articulate how they have been saved. And at the same time, it is so profound that you could spend your entire life dedicated to understanding God's grace and you won't even, you won't even scratch the surface. The first thing that Paul shows us today, the first thing that he emphasizes is our deadness. He says that we are, by nature, spiritually dead. Paul does stuff like this all the time. He uses things that, in life that we are familiar with. And he uses those familiar things to help us to unpack a spiritual truth. And so to unpack the spiritual truth of what it means to be spiritually dead, first we have to understand what it means to be physically dead. And to be physically dead, I I know the nurses in this room are going to instruct me a little bit more on this later, but among other things, what it means to be physically dead is that you cannot respond to physical stimuli. In order to be able to to respond, you need to be alive. So what does that mean about being spiritually dead? Just like physical deadness, spiritual deadness doesn't necessarily mean that there are no spiritual stimuli around you. Just because someone is spiritually dead does not mean that they have not heard the good news about Jesus Christ. It just means that they're dead and they cannot respond. They're apathetic to it. They just don't care. They cannot respond to the news about Jesus and what he's done for them. They cannot respond to sin and grace, to heaven and hell. Everything in life is so much more important and everything in life offers a better solution to life's problems. That's what it looks like to be dead in sin. And I really do think that this is a a pretty easy concept to explain right now. Over the last hundred years or so, the prevailing idea about human nature is that we are fundamentally and basically good. This is the idea of modernism, that that humans are basically fundamentally good and will rationally do good. And the only reason that humans do bad is, is that they have been psychologically, circumstantially, emotionally, morally conditioned 
to do that bad thing. And so it's our work to strip away the biases, the conditions, the circumstances, to strip away all of it so that nothing is left except for a rational choice for humans to do good. But we can only take that so far. We can only explain away so much evil. I mean, you know this, right? That you can only explain away so much human atrocity by blaming it on our past. On a difficult childhood, on a, on a past trauma, on an unfair system. And I want to be resoundingly clear on this, that social conditioning is real, that biases are real. All of those things that condition us are real in this world, but we cannot take them too far. We cannot let them explain to us the human condition. The Bible reveals the human condition to us. By nature, we are dead in sin. We are not dead because of the things around us. We were dead from the very beginning. And the scary part about that is that every single person in the world is this way. Spiritually dead. Every single one of us in this room at one time was this way. Paul makes that clear to us. And I think that's a really important thing for us to reflect on this morning. Because we need to understand how lost we were. Because if we don't understand that, then we don't understand sin. And if we don't understand sin, then we don't understand grace. I know that might seem scary and negative, But have you ever thought about salvation this way? That in order to be saved, you have to acknowledge that you need saving. I mean, salvation is obviously the concept of being saved, and and you can't be saved until you acknowledge some weakness. And really, that's a liberating thing. To acknowledge your deadness and to acknowledge your need for saving and to have a Savior who comes into your life and saves you. It's a liberating thing. It's a comforting thing. It's a healing thing. It's a saving thing. So why don't people latch on to this? It's because they're dead in sin. They cannot respond. We were like that once, without Christ, dead in sin, going after all of the things in this world, filling out all of our desires. By nature, that's who we are. That's what we need salvation from. And we are saved. We are saved 
by grace. Paul makes that clear. He, he repeats it so many times throughout this text. That's why this text is so clear. We have been saved by grace. By whom? The first thing Paul tells us is that we are loved despite being dead here. Think about that. I mean, you know this, that it's difficult to tolerate people who are terribly selfish. I'm guessing you're able to to think in your mind and have someone pop up immediately who you're just rolling your eyes about a little bit because it's just so hard to love them. You know how much they need your love. You know how much they need you. But it's so hard to give them what they need because they're always just taking from you. God chose to do that for us. (laughs) Except he chose to do it on a cosmic level way above anything that we could ever do. This is real love. This is what grace is. It's the concept of undeserved love. That God loved us, not because we are lovable, but because we are unlovable. It is by grace we have been saved. You know, as humans, we are not capable of showing true grace. We are capable of reflecting love that has been shown to us, but we are incapable of producing that love in and of ourselves because of of our nature as human beings. But this is who God is. He is a God of pure and perfect love. And when God's love is applied to humanity, you know what we call it? Grace. Undeserved love. It is by grace you have been saved. Let's reflect on that even more for a moment here today because I think it's so important for us to see our sins so that we can see our Savior even more clearly. When we love someone, And when we fall in love with someone, we love that person generally for one reason. Because that person is life-giving to us. That person gives us life. They fill up our spirit. They, They make up part of who we are. They give us the strength that we need to do the things that we need to do. They are life giving for us. God's love and his grace isn't life giving for him. He entered into a relationship with us knowing that we would not be giving any life to him. In fact, we'd be taking a whole lot of life from him. Again, this is the nature of God's love, that it is undeserved, that it is nothing in us that we deserve it. It is by grace we have been saved. And Paul goes on to describe even more here. He says that we have been raised with Christ and that we have been seated with him in the heavenly realms. Paul intentionally picks a verb here that describes past action. These are completed and finite actions. You have been saved and you have been seated with Christ. It is a completed action in the past and it has lasting implication. What does that mean? 
It means that there is no more work to be done for your salvation. Your ticket is already punched. You are assured life in heaven. Are you excited about this? Get excited. Paul says that the incomparable riches of heaven are so much greater than what anything, anything that this world has to offer. Get excited about that. God's grace has saved you from eternity and for all eternity. And this changes the way that we see God. And this changes the way that we see ourselves. And it changes the way that we interact with others. That's what this last section is about. This is the clearest statement in the clearest section of, a, of the Bible that you have been saved by grace. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Did you notice here how many extra words and extra phrases Paul is using to emphasize one truth for us? That it is nothing that we have done. It has nothing to do with any of our work. It has nothing to do with any of our goodness. It is by grace we have been saved. It is God's work. It is God's doing. It is God's love. It is God's grace. It's a gift. And if it's all a gift, then we can actually be free. Free from our bitterness. Free from our fears, from our anxieties, from our pains. Because we have been saved from them. By grace. I want you to take hold of how true that is for you this morning. And I've got a reason for that. I want you to take hold of how true that is because when you take hold of how true that is, a spirit of gratitude will start to grow. And when a spirit of gratitude starts to grow you will be able to start living your life completely and utterly for the sake of other people. To show them that it is by grace that Jesus died on the cross for them. And you'll be able to live your life with increasing amounts of purpose. Paul shows us what that purpose is. He says that we are God's workmanship. The Greek, work there, the Greek word there for workmanship is poema. We are God's poem. We are God's work of art. Who you are is poetically beautiful. It is not random. Nothing about you, not your age, not your background, your experience, your sufferings, none of it is random. You are God's poem. Live as a poem. <laughs> Let the good news of God's grace be read out through you to the world. <clears throat> Can you imagine 
the type of blessing that you would be. Not if you were smarter or, or richer or more successful, the things that we typically want for ourselves. But could you imagine how much of a blessing you would be to the world if you were exactly who God made you to be in this moment? Except increasingly more faithful. Increasingly more joyful. Increasingly more humble in God's word. Can you imagine the blessing that you could be to the world and to the people in your life? Can you imagine the blessing that this church would be to this city that we serve? People of hope know this. You are saved by grace. Even though you were dead in sin, Jesus died on the cross and he went through the hell that you deserved so that you could experience the joys of heaven. And know this, that the incomparable riches of heaven that are coming to you have always been in full view for you. And know this, that God has crafted you to be his work of art in the world. Know this. Keep it always in view in your life. Because it's on this that this church in Tigard will be built. It is by grace we have been saved. Amen. Amen.